welcome to the weekly podcast of Trinity Life Church. We are a local church that gathers in downtown Toronto on Sundays and all throughout our city during the week. Now our mission is to help people discover their identity and destiny in Christ so we can influence our city, our country, and our world. If you're looking for a place to call home, we'd love to have you. Our services are Sunday from 10.30 to noon at Jarvis Collegiate. Enjoy this week's podcast. spiritual gifts. So you can join along with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to be starting in, um, starting in verse 1. It says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says, Jesus is accursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except in the Holy Spirit. Now, there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit of the Spirit, the utterance of wisdom and to another, the utterance of the knowledge according to the, same, uh, according to the same spirit, to another, faith by the same spirit, to another, gifts of healing by the one spirit, to another, the working of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another, various kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues, all these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. All right. Hey, guys. Uh, we are in our Rise series, and we've been going through our DNA, KDSC, Kingdom Disciple Society Church. Kingdom Disciples Engaging Society, and out of that arises the church. We've gone through KD and S, and, and we've been in C for the past couple of weeks and now and now we're continuing on in C in, in the church and today we're talking about uh, spiritual gifts and we've entitled this charisma because um, charisma is the Greek word for spiritual gifts and and it's also if you think about it in our in in uh, English in the English definition charisma means like um, means like this compelling attractiveness you know that somebody has that that causes or inspires devotion in other people, right? Like when someone has charisma. And so when you think about spiritual gifts in that way, spiritual gifts are used, because the Bible actually talks about it in that way. They're used for the building up of the body of Christ. They're used to inspire devotion in other people to Christ, right? We use our spiritual gifts, as Ephesians 4 says, to equip the saints for the ministry. We use our spiritual gifts to build one another up, to console, to encourage, to serve. And so our spiritual gifts, as we walk forward in them, as we use them, they're actually to inspire devotion of the people to Christ, right? So there's this charisma, there's this double meaning there for us, that yes, there's spiritual gifts, but there's something in pointing other people to Jesus as we walk forward and operate in spiritual gifts. And don't worry, if, if you are new to spiritual gifts, if you don't know what spiritual gifts are, we're gonna talk about all that today. And if you're saying, well, I don't even know what I, what spiritual gifts I operate in. We're gonna to try to help you start to discover that today. Uh, because some of us don't know what 
what we have. Some of us don't know how to use them. Uh, some of us don't know how to grow in them. We're going to talk about all that today. Um, but let me just make a couple distinctions on spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are not natural gifts. So it's not the same as uh, like a natural athleticism. Uh, that's not a spiritual gift. Like I'm, a, uh, like I'm good at baseball. So no, that's, not, that's just your, there's a natural talent there. There's a natural gift there. It's also not an acquired gift, right? Like playing the guitar. Well, I can play guitar well, so that's my spiritual, no, that's not your spiritual gift. People think, oh, well, I can sing well, that's my spiritual gift. No, 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 that's, that's not, just because someone said you have a voice of an angel doesn't make your spiritual gift. Um, it's, spiritual gifts are certain gifts that are spiritually endowed to us. They're given to us by the Spirit. So they're not natural gifts or acquired gifts, although you can, your spiritual gifts can work in conjunction with your natural gifts or with acquired gifts to, um, to spur all three of those forward. And, and so with spiritual gifts, remember, they're spiritually endowed by the power through the power of the spirit, and they're fueled by spiritual disciplines, okay? They're fueled by practicing the presence of God, which we've already talked about. So as you, as you are present with God, as you walk forward and develop in your spiritual disciplines, you will also mature in your spiritual gifts. They're fueled by, by those. Uh, but that doesn't mean that you don't have to practice your spiritual gifts. So for instance, people I remember, uh, would tell me I had, I had the spiritual gift of teaching. When, well, well, most of you would affirm that in me now, but when someone first said that to me, I didn't think that was true, and I didn't want to do it. But people kept on affirming that in me, and then I had to step out in faith through practice and try to use it, right? So in practicing your spiritual gifts, there's an element of stepping out in faith to use it, right? Like if someone says, I have the gift of healings, well, how do you know if someone actually has that gift unless they try to use it and pray for someone's healing, right? So um, I had to do that with teaching. And you see me now, what, 20, 20 years later, uh, using the gift of teaching more regularly. But before when I started out, uh, it was horrible. Ask uh, Diana and Jonathan, they were there that day uh, when I first, the day I first taught. Uh, and, and, I, and I fought it too. And, and, but there was, there, but at the same time, they could recognize a spiritual endowment or spiritual propensity, a spiritual inclination towards, towards operating in that gift. Okay, so um, you still need to practice teaching. It's not like I, I stopped there. I've read books on teaching. I've watched other people teach. I've, I've um, honed the way I prep a sermon. I've practiced memorizing notes. I've practiced using notes, I like there's so much that goes into it, right? And all done through the power of the Spirit. So um, that's important because when you get to power gifts, like the gift of discernment or the gift of tongues, like those aren't just, those aren't just automatic, guys. There's still practice that goes into those. There's still this element of the fruit of the Spirit, which we're gonna talk about, uh, talk about later, of self-control, right? Like the power gifts aren't this ecstatic experience where you're just like, 
ah, and you just speak in tongues like crazy. Uh, no, there's an element of self-control because the fruit of the Spirit, hopefully, is also being produced at that time. So um, that's just some, some things on spiritual gifts. But our, our main issue with spiritual gifts, I find, for, for a lot of us, is, is just spiritual perspective in general. And leading up to this passage in chapter 12, Paul has talked a lot about spiritual perspective because a lot of us don't even believe in the supernatural anymore. Or, or we say we do if we're followers of Jesus, right? But we don't live like we do. And it's because we can't see that, right? But Paul's been spending a lot of time here saying, no, um, you can understand the things of the Spirit. Why? Because you have the mind of Christ. And why else? Because the Holy Spirit lives in you. This is 1 Corinthians 2 and 3. You are now the temple of the Holy Spirit as the church. And then in 1 Corinthians 6, now you individually, you are the temple. You represent this temple of the Holy Spirit, the holy of holies where the Spirit of God indwells us. There's this beautiful picture of the tabernacle there and, and, this, and the glory of God dwelling in us and the holy of holies, the very inner sanctuary of the tabernacle and of the temple. And, and that's the word that's used in the Greek. So there's two words for temple there. And the word that's used is the inner sanctum. And we are that for the spirit that he dwells in us. His power is in you. So how do we access that? Well, first, let's talk about perspective because Paul's trying to shape them here and say, hey, you have the mind of Christ. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit now. And you can do all things to the glory of God, he says in chapter 10. And I want to show you, now he says in this, how to, how to live like that in the power of the Holy Spirit through spiritual gifts, because guess what? You are different from the rest of the world because the Spirit of God dwells in you. So what if I told you this morning that someone has prayed for me, has interceded for me, and what they prayed for me came to pass? Some of you would say, wow, that's, that's amazing. Some of you would say, um, really, that, that actually happened. Uh, yeah, that's, that's the gift of intercession. Right? What if I told you that, that I sat under someone's teaching and as they, as they taught the word of God, it transformed my heart? Well, most of you would say, well, yeah. Well, that's the spiritual gift of, of teaching, right? I mean, that, that makes sense, right? Hopefully it's going to happen this morning. Um, what if I told you that I know someone who had cancer and they were prayed over and their cancer was taken away? Well, there you're kind of like, okay, um, was that verified medically? Like, are you sure, like, all the cancer's gone? Um, I mean, we're, we're a little bit more skeptical there, right? Like, the, here's where the perspective shift comes in. We're okay with the teaching or, or someone using their evangelism gift or their serving gift, but when we get into, like, these other ones, we're like, oh, I, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I might have had to see that myself, and I'd had to see the reports myself to, to, to believe in that. Or what if I told you that I've stepped out in faith before and seen God bring something out of nothing because I exercised the gift of faith? There you might say, okay, yeah, I, I can get on board with that one too, but I may have to see what you're talking about. Or what if I told you that one morning outside my house in Toronto at 4 a.m., I saw a demon? And then you're like, he's just crazy. <laughs> and then you're like, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Was that the gift of discernment or not, right? Like, are we, what are we, what gifts are we exercising here? 
Um, or is that a gift? Right? They, they were a little bit more skeptical as well. Um, what if I told you I know a guy who's told me things about myself that no one else has ever told me and no one else would ever know? What if I told you he also walks on water? What if I told you that he witnesses to the Father like no one else I've ever seen? Well, that's Jesus, right? And we all know him. And he's our model for spiritual gifts, a spirit-filled life. And he's modeling all these things. He's modeled all these things that I've just shared out of my own experience with you. And if you actually believe in Jesus and in the power of the Spirit, you have to believe that you can exercise that power and authority because your life is hidden in Christ. Christ is your life, Colossians 3 says. So I want you this morning to open your eyes to that. So here's, a, here's an image that I want to give you because some of you would say, say uh, well, if I saw it, I'd believe it. Well, guys, the scriptures are filled with people who saw things and did not believe it. So I don't know why you think you're any different from that. Jesus actually pronounces woes on entire cities in Matthew 11 for doing miracles and healings before them and them not believing. So let's not think that, that if that happened in front of us that we would believe it. I've seen a leg been put back into place in front of my eyes. And the next morning I woke up and I said, that, that couldn't have happened. That didn't. No way, that didn't happen. Like the first thought I had the next day was of doubt. So let's not think we're any different from, from these people. The reason is perspective. It's, it's understanding how the spirit works. Um, and, and, and guys, it's, it's, it's really just believing and our hearts need to be softened in this. And, and Jesus wants to give us his power through the spirit for your specific gifts so that you can point people to, to him in specific ways. So here's a picture of a, of a light spectrum. This is the visible light spectrum um, I have in front of me here. Uh, and, and you see on here that there's, there's gamma rays, there's x-rays, there's ultraviolet rays, there's infrared rays. There's, there's all these on a light spectrum, right? And, and what is the, vis the visible light is a very narrow portion of the entire light spectrum. You see it in between ultraviolet rays and infrared rays, right? It's, it's very narrow. Now, we, we kind of put it out there for you, all the colors are there, um, so where it looks bigger, but it's a very narrow section of, of the light spectrum. And, but none of us would say that gamma rays, or x-rays, or radio waves, or microwaves, or TV waves do not exist, just because we can't see them. We can only see this narrow section, and we say, well, yeah, that exists, but we also affirm that microwaves exist, and why is that? Well, it's because they heat up our food, and we see the effects of it. Right? We also believe TV waves and radio waves exist because we see the effects of it. We believe ultraviolet rays exist because we get burnt by the sun. Right? So we don't see them, but they do exist. Actually, there was a time when we didn't even know they existed. It wasn't until the 1900s that we discovered radio waves and gamma rays. So there was a time when we didn't even know they existed, but they still existed. Like Your knowledge of something existing doesn't mean it exists or doesn't exist. And this morning, I want to open your mind to say, like, there's things that might exist that you might not be aware of. This is 2 Kings 6. This is, this is, um, this is Eli, uh, Elisha, I always get, yeah, Elisha 
and his servant Gehazi, and they're standing before an army, and he, his servant's freaking out, and Elijah says, why are you freaking out? He's like, more are with us than are against us. And his servant's like, well, what are you talking about? And he says, Lord, open his eyes. And when the Lord opens the servant's eyes, he sees the Lord's army in like chariots of fire and, and all these things. And, and then he, he, he um, has courage put into him, right? So uh, there's a world out there, guys, that, that we can't see that actually exists. And that's what this visible spectrum represents. There's, there's, so if you look at the spectrum from gamma rays to radio waves to AM, that's the, that's the world. That's the world that God's created. Now, because of sin, because of the fall, we only see the natural part, this very narrow part of it. But what we've done a lot is we've made that the entire spectrum, like we did in this, in this image. All the colors, are, well, that's the entire spectrum because that's all we can see. That's not how the spiritual world works. There's so much more to the spiritual world that we can see than what we can see. And the spectrum shows, shows us what, what that might look like. And, and so uh, <clears throat> what I want for you this morning is for your eyes to be open just a little bit to more of the spectrum. Now, probably not going to see all the spectrum this morning, guys. Um, if you did, you'd probably freak out. Uh, I think we would. Like, we could see like demons and angels and light waves and all that stuff. We'd probably freak out. So let's just ask God this morning to, to help us see what we can handle this morning. And in this morning, it's going to be centered on spiritual gifts. So let's go to, let's go to chapter, chapter 12 this morning. He says, now concerning spiritual gifts in verse 1, Brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. So this morning, I'm just trying to inform us all on spiritual gifts. And a few things here on spiritual gifts. Because like I said, if you are, if you are a follower of Jesus, you are different from the rest of the world now. The Holy Spirit dwells in you. His power is with you. There's gifts that are there that you can access. And I want you to think about these gifts more as, more as ministries not abilities, okay? Think of them more as ministries, not abilities, right? These aren't your superpowers, right? Um, now, it's power in the Holy Spirit, but you're not like evangelism woman, and you're not like uh, servant man, right? Like these, these are ministries, not abilities. And this is important because these are because spiritual gifts are, are capacities that he's given us, capacities to wield the power of the Spirit, to, to, for the power of the Spirit to flow through us, to use the power of the Spirit to minister to others in order to build up the body of Christ. They're not to build you up. They're to build up other people. And here at Trinity Life, we've identified 20 spiritual gifts. So... Um, we, have a, we have a booklet called a Charisma Booklet that'll be, that's in Survey HQ for you um, under this series. And it has all the spiritual gifts, has all the spiritual gifts in there that we've identified. 20 of those. It has, has where it's found in the scriptures. It has the definition. It has what it's like to operate in this gift, how to develop the gift in you, and it has biblical examples of the gift all, f all for each gift. Now, we've, we've done 20 because... We've just taken them from the lists of, of uh, the spiritual gifts in the Bible. Now, some people identify more spiritual gifts. Some people identify less, uh, yeah, fewer spiritual gifts. Um, 
There's only one spiritual gift on our list that isn't on our list, that isn't in the lists explicitly in the New Testament, and that's the gift of intercession. Uh, but if you look through the entire biblical corpus, you could trace the gift of intercession throughout it. So that's why we added that one in. Uh, but this isn't an exhaustive list probably, guys. Who are we to say that the Spirit isn't going to give a gift that's not listed? Who are we to say if the Spirit gives us something that's, that we can't say, uh, like that we haven't identified, right? So, um, but we do know that there are spiritual gifts that aren't because it's an, it's a, an acquired skill or it's a natural gift, right? But who are we to say, well, it's not on the list, so that's not a spiritual gift? Well, the Spirit can do what He wants. We're not going to box them in. But we are going to say, well, we're sure about these 20 uh, because we can trace them and point right back to the scriptures in, uh, in each of these gifts. So, uh, and like I said before, Jesus is our model for living these gifts, which means that he lived a life full of the Holy Spirit so that he could access these gifts at any time. He had the capability to use these gifts at any time. And so as you become more and more like Jesus, you will grow more and more in these gifts. And so think of these gifts not necessarily as possessing them, because you're more of a conduit for the power of the Spirit. So, so think of it as operating in these gifts rather than having or possessing these gifts. Uh, and that'll help you because um, you, may, you may say, well, I don't have the gift of mercy. Well, do you have the power of the Spirit? Well, then mercy is in there. <laughs> Think about a spectrum. You may be low on mercy, like Adam, <laughs> and myself, and Archie. You may be low on mercy, um, but that doesn't mean you don't have it, and that doesn't mean you shouldn't pursue it. That doesn't mean you shouldn't work at it. Right? Then that, that should mean you should pray more into that gift than any others if, if, you're, if you're low on it. So um, the, you, you may be low on it, but you can grow in it. Okay, does that, that, that make sense? Yeah. Okay. And you, you also may be high on the prophetic scale, right? Or for instance, you may be high on the scale of something, but also that doesn't mean you can't grow into that, right? So think of it more on a spectrum rather than, and, and a scale, right? Rather than I have this or I don't have this. Uh, and in our charisma booklet, um, that's also paired with our charisma series. We, we did two sermon series on charisma, I think last year and the year before, that you can check out as well. But the booklet is where the meat of the information is. That's where you'll get all the information there. Um, so check that out. Use that, guys. Um, that's That booklet, I, I did tons of research on that, compiled it, put it together, got so many sources from so many different people and books and all that together, and then put it in language that was that would make sense for us and, and for our church and put it all together. And so use that, go through that. It'll be in Serve HQ. All right, verse, very, let's, let's keep moving on. We just did verse one here. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, uh, he says, I, want you to, I don't want you to be uninformed. And he says, you know that when you were pagans, you were led astray by mute, to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is a curse, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Guys, just a reminder, you are the hope of the world. Right? We were once in darkness, lost, chasing after mute idols, but now God speaks to us 
every day. His spirit dwells in us. We can know the things of the spirit. Paul is making that clear here that we have the power of the spirit. Now let's walk forward in it. So he says, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And he repeats that over and over again. So even though people have different gifts, guys, this is the same Holy Spirit working in each of us. No gift is better than the others. Now, some gifts by worldly standards are more visible. They're more, they're more um, praised. But that's with the world. That's not God's economy. That's the world's economy. So you see us celebrating the, the great preachers and teachers, right? You see us celebrating that in the world. But, but guys, Jesus celebrates the, the servant behind the scenes who is operating the spiritual gift just as much as the person who's speaking before thousands of people. And I want you to remember that in your spiritual gifts. There aren't lesser gifts here. Right? If you have the gift of service, Jesus says, those who are last shall be first. Right? He says that, that's one of the main things he came to do, was to serve. Jesus operated behind the scenes in many ways. So um, remember that just because the world sees gifts in a certain way, that, that may not necessarily be the economy of God's kingdom here. So Paul reminds us of that in, in each instance here. And he says, first of all, there's varieties of spiritual gifts. So there's different kinds. For us, we use three categories of spiritual gifts. Love, word, and power. Love, word, and power. Now, those, though we didn't make those categories up. Those, other people use those categories, but others use other categories as well. For instance, uh, kingly, priestly, and prophetic is a category. Uh, what does that mean? I don't know. That's why we use love, word, and power. Um, and we found that more helpful, more beneficial for us, so we've used love, word, and power, but yes, that is a, a man-made category, right? That is, that is, it's not, we don't find that in the scriptures. It's just to help us understand the gifts. So um, love, love, word, and power, um, and, and think of each of these categories. I, I love how uh, my friend John Thompson talks about this. He says, think of each of these three categories as a three-legged stool. And, and um, all legs need to be equal. If you overemphasize the power leg, well, your stool is not going to be stable. It's going to tip over, right? If you overemphasize or if you underemphasize the love leg, well, the same thing's going to happen. It's going to be unstable. All three legs have to be working in unity and in conjunction with, another, with one another to provide stability. We can't overemphasize one or underemphasize the other. So love, word, and power gifts have to be equally represented in the body of Christ to cultivate unity and health. And, and they are. If God has created the body of Christ, he's going to equip that body of Christ. He has equipped our church with all of these gifts. So let me define these for you. Love gifts. So love gifts empower you with the capability to demonstrate the reality of God's love through practical, <clears throat> through practical ways. Now, don't worry if you, if you missed that definition. It's in, it's in our Charisma booklet. So the four, there's four of these gifts. Service, giving, mercy, and administration. I know administration being a love gift sounds, sounds weird. But it's, it's very much a love gift. You'll see why, you'll see why in the Chrism booklet. Uh, word gifts. They empower you uh, with the capability to, to communicate about God and for God by clarifying the nature of God and what he desires for his children. Th there's seven of these. 
apostleship, evangelism, shepherding, teaching, leadership, exhortation, and prophecy. Now, you may be saying, oh, prophecy, that's, that's in the word category, not in the power category. Yes. Again, you'll see why in the Charisma booklet, because prophecy, a lot of times we conflate prophecy with words of knowledge. And we, we say, because we say, well, that was a prophetic word, when it's actually a word of knowledge. Now, those are two different gifts, okay? Prophecy is different from word of knowledge. So you'll see that in, in the book, but it is, it is, a, word, it is a, a word gift. And then power gifts. They empower you with the capability to help others experience the authenticity, credibility, and power and reality of God. So here, of course, some of these include words as well, which can get confusing. Um, but here there's nine of them. Discernment, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, faith, healings, miracles, tongues. I say healings. I know you're probably like, why is he saying that plural? That's just, um, that's, that's, how, um, that's how it is in the scriptures, so healings. Um, miracles, tongues, interpretation of tongues. Those are two different gifts. And intercession. Now, some of you guys may be saying, well, do all those gifts still exist today? Um, I mean, the burden of proof is on you to say that they don't. Right? Because the Bible says, them, says that they're here, uh, where it says it lists them in multiple places, um, and, and, some, and we see them used. And you may say, well, I've seen them used, but um, I've seen them more abused than used. Well, just because a gift is abused and used improperly does not mean it doesn't exist. So how many times have you seen leadership abused and used improperly? That doesn't mean the spiritual gift doesn't exist anymore, right? Just means that it was used improperly. Uh, so same thing with tongues uh, or, or miracles or, or healings. Like just because you haven't, remember, just because you haven't seen it used properly, you haven't seen that part of the spectrum, doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Uh, we only know a pretty small part of the world in our segment of the world, right? And, and a lot of times the power gifts are used, we can see them, used more in the spiritually in-tune places in the global south. Because here in the west, we've kind of, well, the enlightenment has taken care of, of the supernatural for us, right? Uh, and most people just don't think it exists anymore. So um, we're fighting against that perspective. So uh, again, I'm not telling you that you have to believe tongues or miracles exist. I'm not telling you that today. I'm just saying, be open to the spirit. Be open to it. Why say that they don't? Just say, God, if they do, yeah, you can give that to me. Yeah, you can help me see that. Sure, I, I believe in you, God, that, that you can do that. All right, so he says here, uh, varieties of gifts, same spirit, and varieties of service, but the same Lord. Remember, he's, he's reminding us again, same spirit, same Lord, varieties of service. This means that your gift, like say the, the teaching gift, it might be more useful in certain arenas than others. For instance, you may be gifted at teaching adults rather than kids, or vice versa, right? So you may, you may operate in a teaching gift, but you're like, why? I can never teach kids, or I can never teach adults, but I could do this segment. I could operate in this arena. Um, and, and just to remind you, one is not more valuable than the other. The people who are, who are teaching our children, 
I'd say maybe even more valuable um, because they're they're making disciples with people with with people who are just soaking it up like sponges, right? Uh, but um, one is not more valuable than the other. God empowers both. So even though our worldly culture would recognize those who teach adults more than those who teach kids, right? Both are valuable in the kingdom of God. So he also says there are varieties of activities in verse 6, but it's the same God who empowers them all and everyone. So this means that your gifts might be more use. Sorry, this means that uh, your some of you may exercise a gift to, to a greater degree of ability when using the gift. Because the Greek word here is the word that means effect or workings, right? So, um, so that, that may mean that the Spirit has, in, has endowed you and given certain gifts to you to operate in more <laughs> than he has to other people, All right? So let's take the gift of evangelism, All right? Billy Graham was someone who operated in the gift of evangelism. Now he had a pretty, uh, his, his is a different sort of activity than say uh, Daniel Park who also operates in the gift of evangelism, right? And that's a different type of activity. And, and, and Daniel is always thinking evangelistically. He's always, he, he's always operating in that gift. Um, so you have, you have Billy Graham over here, and there's, there's definitely a, a, um, uh, just, just more of an endowment, right, to exercise that gift than, than Daniel has. And, and that doesn't mean that that's a bad thing. That just means... Well, that's what the Spirit wanted, and that's what he did to act to you for his purposes. Now, you may say, okay, well, that's, so there's two sides to this, right? Um, for those of you who may say, well, well, I think God's giving more of an endowment to exercise this gift, but then some of you may say, well, I have less of an endowment than somebody else. And this is why verse 7 is so important, um, because he goes on, he says, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Now, each gift is for the common good. Each exercise of the same gift is for the common good, which literally means to bring together. It literally means unity. So spiritual gifts and those who are endowed and empowered in certain gifts shouldn't cause division and it shouldn't lead to envy in your heart. This is important because, and Paul is saying this because what he's about to address in chapter 14 is that that's exactly what happened. People here were speaking in tongues and everyone's saying, well, I want that gift. And so there's envy and jealousy and division and strife happening. And, with, and spiritual gifts, when they're used properly, don't lead to that. They actually lead to building up the body of Christ, not to dividing the body of Christ. So um, the heart is important in here, which is why Paul inserts in between 12 and 14, chapter 13, which is the love chapter. And he says, hey, you can use the spiritual gifts without love, but all it is is a clanging symbol. All it is is, is noise to somebody, that annoying noise that somebody doesn't want to hear, right? He says, when used in love, that is the more excellent way. And it binds us and it brings us together. And just to be clear, Paul says in the following verses, he says, for to one is given through the spirit the utterance of wisdom, to another the utterance of knowledge, 
according to the same spirit, and he repeats that over and over, to another, faith, by the same spirit, to another, gifts of healing, by the one spirit, to another, the working of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, ability to distinguish between spirits, to another, various kinds of tongues, to another, interpretation of tongues, and all these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as who wills, as he wills. Not as you will, as he wills. And so you can't really complain about what the Spirit's given you. It, it's, like, it's like when you got socks for Christmas, right? And you're complaining about, it. well, you can't really because you didn't buy those things. They bought them. It was a gift, right? So here, the same thing. You can't complain about the spiritual gift that was given to you, right? That, the, the Spirit is saying, here, I've given you the propensity, the capability, the you're a conduit to operate in these gifts. Now, operate in these gifts. If you want to operate more, be faithful in those gifts first. Um, we're going to talk about that in, in a minute. So a couple of things on spiritual gifts. One, spiritual gifts are different from spiritual fruits. So I'm going to give you a couple warnings here for spiritual gifts. Again, spiritual gifts are different from spiritual fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Right? This is Galatians 5, 22 and 23. This is what the Spirit produces in us, what He works in us. When the Spirit works in your life, when you're in the presence of God, those things are produced in you. What's interesting there is that it's a singular word. It's not plural. So fruit, it's not fruit. So if the Spirit is working in you, all of those things are produced. Oftentimes we look at that and we say, well, I lack patience a little bit, but I'm good at love. When, that's not exactly how the fruit of the Spirit works. When He's working in you, all those things are produced. It's, it's, it's one fruit. One fruit has all those things. That's, that's pretty awesome, actually. So, but spiritual gifts are not spiritual fruit, okay? Spiritual gifts are, are different, and spiritual fruit is produced through spiritual maturity, which leads to operating in spiritual gifts. So here's the question. Is it possible then to operate in spiritual gifts and not produce spiritual fruit? Is it possible to operate in spiritual gifts but not be producing spiritual fruit? And the answer is yes. And that's why this is a warning. Because your spiritual growth may be declining, but you may still be teaching others or using your gift of evangelism or using your gift of leadership. That's where we see abuse, right? That's where we see abuse of the gifts. That's where we see people leading other people astray. Because the spiritual fruit... The inner life is dying, is declining, is decaying. And oftentimes, remember charisma, we're attracted to people because of their spiritual gifts. Oh, man, she's such a great teacher. Oh, man, he's such a great evangelist. Oh, she has such a servant's heart. Oh, man. Uh, and, and what we mean by that is we see the outward, the outward, right? We can't actually see her heart. Right? 
And and we and we're drawn by that. We're drawn by the person who has this who has this charisma, who who look who looks like a spiritual giant because um, they say the right spiritual things and and they and they um, have a powerful voice or or uh, they're they're a strong presence, right? And we're drawn we're drawn by them. And uh, I'm reading this book called uh, Fooled by Randomness. It's by this guy um, uh, uh, Nassim Nicholas Taleb who says that uh, most of leadership is, is uh, charisma and it's, it's based on fake behavioral characteristics because it's, it's based on this, the person who can just, who, who just is, uh, controls the room. It's based on the person who, who uh, doesn't have the best character, but the person who has the best outward appearance or the best, I mean, look at all our influencers on social media, right? It's the person who, who knows how to work the crowd. It's the person who's actually probably more, more selfish. He says most of leadership is, is this. It's such an indictment against, against leadership. Um, leadership using it in the, as a spiritual gift, though, is different, right? If you're producing spiritual fruit. And, and you, maybe you're still saying, well, I'm, I'm not sure I see this because, um, guys, the problem, again, the problem is we're attracted to people based on the outward, and the danger is they just may be a hollow, pharisaical ghost. There's nothing inside, rather than the substance of someone who is actually practicing the presence of God. And you may say, well, I know that, if that was the case. I wouldn't be fooled by that. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not sure, because even unbelievers can feign spiritual gifts. Check out Matthew 7, verse 22 to 24. Uh, Jesus is saying this. He says, On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we do those mighty works in your name? And then he declares to them, I never knew you. You never practiced the presence of God. You never produced spiritual fruits. Depart from me you workers of lawlessness. You know, Galatians 5, 22 through 23, it lists the spiritual fruit, and it says, against such things, there is no law. Here Jesus is saying, you are workers of lawlessness. Depart from me. So guys, that's a warning. Don't allow your spiritual gifts and operating in them to take the place of spiritual fruit, of spiritual disciplines, of practicing the presence of God. You'll see in the charisma booklet that the way to develop in each gift is by practicing certain spiritual disciplines. Spiritual disciplines are key to developing in your spiritual gifts. Don't, so don't, don't be fooled by that in your own life, but don't be fooled by that in, um, in, in someone else either. I see it all the time. What's important here is... is if you're going to pursue spiritual gifts, which we're going to talk about at the end, if you're going to pursue these, pursue your spiritual disciplines. That's how you pursue spiritual gifts. Okay, we'll talk about that more in a second. Another warning. We want to avoid two problems here. Uh, gift passivity on one hand and gift projection on the other hand. So gift passivity is saying, well, uh, that's not my gift, so I don't have to do that. Right? Like, I... He's the evangelist. He operates in that better than I do, so I don't have to share my faith. Right? Well, that's, that's the person who, yeah, 
you get it, right? That's pretty much this, I don't have to do that. That's gift passivity. That's saying, that's saying um, yeah, that's a cop-out, right, as Tim Keller would put it. He'd say, you're, that's gift cop-out. Um, you're, you're, just, you're just saying, no, um, I'm good on that one. They, they do that one. No, we're all still responsible, remember, for operating in the power of the Spirit. We want to be full of the Holy Spirit. We want to model Jesus, and He is full of the Holy Spirit, and He is living a life that models all of these things for us. And we want, to, we want to model that because our lives are hidden in Christ Jesus, right? So we want to grow in these gifts, and we still share faith. And that, going, stepping out in faith, what does it do? It practices that gift to grow in that gift. So we still want to do that. The other thing, uh, the other thing is gift projection. So this is saying that since I do this, all other Christians should do this in the same way. Well, I serve in this way. I operate in the gift of service, and I, I love to serve, and I do this, and I do that, but they don't serve like I do. I must be a better Christian than they are. I must be more holy. I must be, be more mature. That's gift projection. And, and the other, the flip side of it is, um, you, you say, oh, well, that person has a tremendous gift of teaching, so my gift of teaching should look like that person's gift of teaching. So I'm going to strive to be just like name your teacher, you know, just like that person. Seminary is filled with people like that. My preaching class was filled with people like that. It's going to be just like that. Guys, both of those mentalities lead to condemnation. With you saying, my spiritual gift has to look just like that one, that leads to you to condemning yourself. By saying other people's spiritual gift should look like mine, that leads to you condemning them. So avoid gift projection. Just go with what God has given you, right? Your variety of gift, your variety of service, your variety of activity. Same Lord gave that to someone else, to someone else, to someone else. That's the beauty of the body of Christ. So for those of you here now, like, well, okay, we heard a lot about spiritual gifts. Now, how do I discover spiritual gifts? I don't even know where to start. I'm going to give you three questions to help you discover your spiritual gifts. One... Are others built up when I serve in this way? Are others built up when I serve in this way? Remember, your spiritual gifts are for serving others and they're for building others up. So are other people built up? Now, does that happen in the body of Christ? Okay, you should look in the body of Christ, does it happen? But also, look at your workplace. Look, at, look in your family, look at other places, look at those who aren't believers. Your spiritual gifts aren't just, just supposed to be used in the church. And when I say in the church, I don't mean the building. I mean the people of God. They're supposed to be used out in the world because remember charisma. They're inspired devotion in people to Christ, right? So that makes sense for the gift of evangelism, right? But, but I've talked to someone who says, uh, who said, well, I have the gift of shepherding. And, and we, we're, we're encouraging her to come out and, and um, volunteer in St. Jamestown. She said, well, those aren't my spiritual gifts. I have the gift of shepherding and teaching. I said, well, your gifts are exactly what's needed to reach other people in St. Jamestown. Um, she just thought her gifts were to be, were the only area there to be used was inside the church. Guys, your gift to be used in the world to bring people in to Christ. And all the gifts do that. All of them do. And you can pair all of them with sharing your faith too. So are other people built up in this way? Number two, do those around me affirm my giftedness in this area? 
That's huge. That's what we that's what we did on the live stream when we when we talked about this. We affirm people in their gifts. That's huge. Those in your R three group are they saying, yeah, I think I think you have um, the propensity towards operating in the gift of teaching. I think you operate in the gift of shepherding a lot. Like you're always at, you're always telling us to pray for each other. Maybe you're maybe you're operating in the gift of intercession there, right? Like. Uh, we get to help people recognize their gifts, and we get to affirm them in those gifts, and we get to build them up in, in those gifts. And now there's spiritual gift tests, and there's spiritual gifts inventories. Now those, those, aren't, in, those aren't not valuable, right? Like you should, you should still try that out and take that as, a, as kind of a, a pointer to, to where you might want to start with your spiritual gifts. But in the New Testament, guys, they didn't have spiritual gifts tests. They just live life together, the one another lifestyle. And so in discipleship, as you are in a discipling R3 relationship, you will discover spiritual gifts because other people will affirm them in you. That's a big part of our small groups. All right, number three is, do I have joy when I serve in this way? Do I have joy when I serve in this way? You may say, well, well what does that feel like? What, is, what does joy feel like? It could feel like exuberance, like, man, I'm so excited. I get so pumped up when I share my faith with people. And I get so excited when, when I serve other people. Some of you, you may not feel joy that way. Um, I'm not sure. So it, it, it might not feel like that. It could feel like you're just in a rhythm. Like, yeah, you know what? When I serve this way, I just feel like this, I'm, I'm in step with the Spirit, as, as Paul says. Like I'm just walking in step with the Spirit when I, when I serve in this way. Um, when I pray for other people, you know, I, I feel like I'm in step with the Spirit. Um, uh, or it, it, could, it could feel like um, you've done something significant. Or that you've even built yourself up. right? That, that you've been built up by building other people up. And so, so there's this joy when you exercise your spiritual gifts. So use those three questions to diagnose what your spiritual gifts might be. Um, and remember, just because you don't have joy in, in, in intercession, for instance, or, or in administration, for instance, um, doesn't mean that you shouldn't and can't grow in that gifting. So still you can pray into those gift areas. And then last thing, guys, 1 Corinthians 14.1, Paul says, pursue love. Pursue 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Why prophecy? Why, why that one? Well, because of verse 3, he says, because it's for upbuilding, encouragement, and consolation. Because it's all outward focus, because it's for building up the body. But, but he says, pursue love earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. This is the, the picture the Greek word is given us here is like, like a prey or, or a predator chasing his prey, like a lion chasing a gazelle or something, right? That he, or actually not the he lion, the she lions do, do this. They, they, um, they have a good work ethic. They are, uh, they are chasing down their prey and, and they have to do it because they're hungry for it. It's, it's, it's their survival, right? Like it, it's a matter of survival for them. So they chase down their prey. So he says, earnestly desire, pursue love in this way and pursue spiritual gifts in this way. Spiritual gifts. I think a lot of times we try to pursue natural gifts and acquired gifts in this way more than we do spiritual gifts. Like I want to be the best at my job or I want to play piano the best or I want to, 
I want to learn this language, or I want to um, play guitar well, or I want to be the best singer. What if you pursued spiritual gifts in that way? What if you pursued uh, intercession in that way? What if you pursued mercy and serving and uh, evangelism in that way? Right? Like, that was to pursue them so, so fervently. And two practicals here. One, this means start praying for the spiritual gifts with a noble heart, with pure motivation. Start praying for these gifts. Guys, there's a few gifts that when I became a follower of Jesus, people affirmed in me and I grew into. There's a handful of gifts or, or a couple handfuls of gifts that I've prayed for earnestly, desired, prayed into for years. Words of wisdom is one of those gifts because I prayed for that gift for almost 12 years. And, and it, it came and I haven't stopped praying for it, but, but I operate in it way more frequently now than I did seven years ago, five years ago, three years ago. Right? Like, I keep on pursuing, I keep on trying to grow in it. That's, that's one of those gifts that I've earnestly desired and, and, and prayed for uh, with, with pure motivations, obviously because God's, God's given it. Um, and, and so, and so uh, that's, that's one practical. But also another practical is put yourself in situations where you need to exercise a certain gift. How are you ever going to grow in evangelism when you don't put yourself with non-believers? You have to put yourself in a situation where you exercise that gift. I didn't start growing in teaching until someone forced me to teach. Like they literally had to almost make me do it. I did not want to do it. Um, I did not want to speak in front of people. And some of you guys are like, well, that's hard to believe now. Yeah, I didn't want to speak in front of people. I didn't want to um, get up there. It's lonely doing this, guys. Um, but I had to put myself, especially with a camera, I had to put myself in situations that forced me to exercise the gift in faith to grow in that gift. If you want to grow in the gift of faith, well, man, you got to take bold moves that no one else would take if you want to grow in the gift of faith. That everyone else says, that is crazy, that will never succeed. You want to see your faith grow? Do you take bold moves like that? You're never going to grow in the gift of faith you're sitting on the couch, all right? So those are two practicals. The, the spiritual or the charisma booklet gives so many more practicals for each of the gifts specifically in that for you to develop in, but those are two general things that you can start doing now to grow in spiritual gifts. And so as you pursue Jesus, as you desire to look more and more like him, uh, you will grow and operate in the spiritual gifts more and more. But first, desire him. Practice the presence of God. Grow in your spiritual disciplines, and you will discover and grow in your spiritual gifts. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for these gifts. Thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit that you've given us. And Father, we're just vessels for you. And we give our lives to you. And we are jars of clay holding treasure, the treasure of the gospel to inspire devotion in the world to our Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that we would do that through the exercise of our spiritual gifts. We ask in your name. Amen. If you want to know more about the TLC community, check out trinitylife.ca or you can find us on Facebook. Of course, we'd way rather meet you in person, so we hope to see you at a service soon.